Hello and welcome to the Forbes India cover story podcast series in association with the indicas.com. My name is Abhishek and this issue's cover brings us one of the biggest stories from the world of fast moving consumer goods in India and joining me to talk about one of the biggest buybacks that HUL wants to orchestrate is Samar Srivastava the story's author and principal correspondent at Forbes India. Good morning Samar. Thanks Abhishek. Thank you for having me. And it, it seems to be a summer of buybacks, right? We've read about Apple doing it or wanting to do it in the US. Then we had Dell, which wants to go private. Of course, it's not the same as buyback, but wanting to dig back and have more management control. And now we have this news of uh, HUL wanting to do something similar. Now, in layman's terms, what is a buyback? A buyback essentially is when a company offers uh, shareholders the right to surrender their shares. The price is usually known in advance. Now, there's always a premium that's paid over the market price, and this premium really depends on where the company is. Say, for instance, the company wants to buy out all its shares, then obviously the premium is a lot higher, versus if the company wants to do a small buyback to get up to, say, 74% or uh, 51%, then the premium is a little smaller. But it's essentially the company asking the shareholders to their shares at a certain predetermined value. Why does a company typically do this? There could be any number of reasons. I mean, say for instance, months ago, GlaxoSmithKline, the company that makes brands like Horlicks, etc., had a buyback offer where they just wanted to upstake the Indian subsidiary so that it adds to the bottom line uh, of the parent. Whereas, say in Dell's case, they wanted to take the company private. Apple decided to buy back some stock because it had a lot of cash on its book, and stock price is not doing so well, so it wanted to reward customers, uh, shareholders. I'm sorry. Uh, so, I mean, there could be any number of reasons. Buybacks happen fairly regularly globally. And given this background of, of buybacks, what's your story about and how did you go about you know, writing this one, HUL's angle here? Right. So HUL's offer essentially caught a lot of people by surprise because one day before, on April 29th, they announced the results and there was absolutely no indication of it. And on April 30th in the morning, they showed a press release saying that they were offering to buy back shares at 600 rupees a share. Now, the price had closed the day before at 497 rupees. So this was a 20.3% premium on the last closing price, which is a good premium. So we decided to dig deeper and understand why the company would want to do this. Now, on the surface, it's simple because HUL has been doing so well, the parent would want to up its stakes. But what got us interested in the story was that initially a lot of people said that, look, we are not going to surrender our shares because we believe that this company is going to grow rapidly and our shares are going to be worth a lot more five, ten years down the line. So that was the initial reaction that a lot of people had, including Ramesh Damani, whom we quoted prominently in the story. But after four or five days, when a lot of the brokerages analyzed the numbers, looked at the earnings per share, but growth potential, when they looked at the profit growth potential, etc., etc., they realized that HUL hasn't really done that well in the last 10 years, or even in the last five years when you compare it to its peers, like say an ITC or a Dabur or uh, a Marico. So what we really realized was that, look, the company is already so large and they're possibly going to find it harder to grow. But under Paran's pay, it was said that the Indian arm is doing quite successfully, right, as compared to the developed countries outside where growth has plateaued. That's correct. HUL under Paran's pay has done a lot better than it had done in than it had done in the past. Uh, Profit growth for the last five years was, I think, 11.4%. And globally, 
Unilever has not been doing too well, but that's because markets in Europe and America are not growing, and that's where they get about 45% of their sales from. But the point really is that you have to compare HEL's performance to performance of its peers in India. And when you make that comparison, its growth compared to a Dabur, a Mariko, an ITC, or even a Nestle, hasn't been that good. And so I agree that past performance is no indication of future performance. But today, you're better off buying a basket of stocks from these companies and then holding them for the next 5, 10, 15 years and riding the India consumer story that way. Right. And what are the few people that you might have met who are in favor of the deal saying? One point that comes prominently in your story, you see, you talk about how Mr. Pullman is getting a higher return on capital than his cost of borrowing. So it makes financial sense to you know, do this in India by pulling in the money and just buying back the shares. So, so what are some of the people who, who are giving this a thumbs up want to say about this? So we met a lot of analysts for this story and a lot of brokerages for this story. And very few of them want to go on record for the primary reason that they are not allowed to discuss individual company stocks in the media. But in their notes to clients, etc., etc., they've Almost all of them have recommended that their clients sell their stock. Now, Ramesh Damani is an interesting character because he's not a broker. He's an individual investor and a successful stock market investor. And he's got a large shareholding in in HUL shares. It's a large core holding, how we define it. He declined to tell us how many shares he held. But as a lot of people have argued, that consumer good companies uh, uncode investments because of their stable cash flows and in time, you know, rising valuations. Now he turns around and says, you know, in a market where there are so few quality stocks, you know, there are probably maybe a hundred quality stocks to pick in the Indian market. Why should I surrender one of the few quality stocks that I have? If HUL's price earning multiple now is I think thirty three or thirty four, something like that after the new results. He's saying what's to suggest that this price on multiple won't become 50 tomorrow, which would make the stock a whole lot more valuable when we push closer to 1,000 rupees a share at today's prices. So he comes out and says, look, I'm, I'm going to sit and I'm going to take my chances. So he, he's done well holding HOL stock and he wants to hold it a little longer. <laughs> so then are these people uh, saying that over time, things will get better for HUL, but the fact remains that given the price competition and the way Indian players operate, margins are only going to be squeezed over time. Not too long ago, we saw, I think it was PNG who started the price war by deducting the prices of detergents by 50%. That happened a few years back. And since then, uh, it has pretty much been a bloodbath when it comes to price. So if, if margins are going to determine the health of a company, and yet people are gung-ho or optimistic about how HUL will do in the near future. So is it a little bit of contradiction of the terms? Well, the primary argument is that I think it's a no-brainer that as modern trade spreads far and wide in India, there is there are going to be more and more tussles between consumer goods companies and modern trade companies for margin. But keep in mind that this will impact all consumer goods companies, not just HUL. But in HUL's case, what you need to remember is that given that it's so large, it's going to face competition on multiple fronts. You're going to have national competitors like P&G that you mentioned, You've already had a fight on detergents. There's 
There's nothing to suggest it won't happen again. You can have a lot of small regional competitors that will uh, end up giving the company a tough time. In the, we saw a few years ago in the South, Cabin Care, which came up with sashes, gave the company a tough time. In the North, Ghadi, which is a Kanpur-based uh, company that manufactures detergents, the kind that Nirma used to manufacture many years ago, uh, has given the company a tough fight for its money. The fact remains that barriers to entry into the business are very low. It's not too difficult to set up a detergent plant or to set up a shampoo factory. I'm fine, you may not have the quality that HUL has, but the barriers to entry in this business are very low. So all these things have resulted in HUL having to spend a lot more on advertising and promotion. Right. And, and why did the big boss choose India from all the emerging markets? We know that you know emerging markets are the new deal, given what's happening outside, but why not China, for instance? Why this deal in India? What we know is that HUL is way behind PNG in China, and he could have made an acquisition in China. What one analyst told us was that they did identify a company, but they didn't want to go ahead with it, and they thought that they'd rather spend the same amount of money in India up in their stake, primarily because you don't know what's in the books of the Chinese company and how that acquisition is going to pan out. You know that at least if you spend this 5.4 billion in India, you at least, you at least get a company where you know what's happening, you know that the books are clean, etc., etc. That's probably one big reason why he went for India. The second thing is, Paul Boltzmann has always taken a long-term view. You know, he could have bought back Unilever stock with the same money, and that would have sent the stock stock price higher. But he chose to invest in the future, chose to invest in India, he chose to invest in something that could take 5-10 years to play out. So, yeah, there you have it. Got it. And did you get a chance to talk to some of the insiders, as in some of the people working in uh, in India for HUL, if they had any comment on, on the whole thing? No, we tried very hard. We put an interview request, but the company wasn't willing to paint beyond the press release. Completely understand. And last couple of questions, and one of them is uh, a slightly tricky one, is how do you think this is going to pan out, the way things are looking? Because you've been closer to the story than most others. I'm very sure that the company not going to receive anywhere close to 75% of stock flows by back offer. A large institution, say like LIC, which owns 3% of the company, has already said that they're pretty sure they're not going to surrender their stock. Conventional wisdom is that um, the company is not going to get as much as it wants. Right. And how do you go about researching a story which, which has just one strand to it, and the strand is uh, the press release? I was a little skeptical at first as to how much we'd get, but... In the end, there were so many people willing to talk, given that HUL just 12 years ago was the country's largest company by market cap. You have a lot of people who have fond memories of the stock, and there are people who used to invest in it every month, because in the 80s and 90s, uh, uh, the stock price grew you know, every year. There's a lot of history associated with this stock, which we probably could have written a little more about in the cover. But the moment you call up someone and say, I'm looking at a story on the HUL buyback and uh, I'd like to speak to you. People have an opinion because you have analysts who've been tracking the company and who've been tracking the stock for years and years. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't hard hard to get people. <laughs> I think on, on that note, Samar, thanks a lot for your time yeah. early in the morning. No worries. Thank you, Abhishek. And all you listeners, you can get this podcast on ForbesIndia.com as well as on iTunes. Just type in Forbes India on the top right window of iTunes and... Uh, That's about it. To have someone call you back for a subscription, just message Forbes to 51818.